0: it in towards oh, Arthur and it's all the way oh, through it in Ryan Arthur got the flick on UBC lead three two, 13 minutes to go from Thunderbird
1: hello everybody and welcome back it's a new school year and a new time slot for us here at Thunderbird Eye my name is Jake McGrail and alongside me we got a packed booth here at CITR Sports we have Corey Branson Liz Wang and Eric Thompson, and two new additions, Nico Roselli and Ben Nelson, broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the unceded grounds of the Musqueam people. You're listening to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9, always keeping you up to date with the latest UBC Thunderbirds news, standings, and stories. And before we fully introduce our new members and reintroduce our returning ones, there's one piece of information that we have to touch on. This past summer, it was a big one for here, uh, for us here at Thunderbird I, for those who don't know, we won the National Campus Radio Association Award for Best in Sports Broadcasting 2019. We even have this cool plaque that came all the way from Toronto uh, to prove that we are an award-winning radio program, which we can now say for the rest of time. That's a
2: very good self-back, Pat. Good job. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you.
1: Thank you. In other big news, as I mentioned, we have two new additions to the team this year. First, Nico Roselli, why don't you introduce yourself?
0: Yeah, for sure. So my name is Nico Roselli, and I just graduated from UBC. I have a major in political science, and I have a minor in law and society. My big passions in terms of sports, definitely baseball, hockey, and soccer. Slowly but surely, starting to get into basketball and football a lot too. I learned about the sports collective through Jacob, and I'm really excited to get started here.
1: And we've also got Ben Nelson over to my right.
3: Uh, Hi, I'm Ben Nelson. Uh, I'm a grade 12 student at uh, Lord Bing Secondary. I'm really into uh, hockey, basketball, and uh, tennis. And I learned about the News Collective through Jacob and uh, Alex DeBoer of Democracy
4: Watch.
1: And uh, we've also got three other returning members besides myself. First, Liz Wang.
4: Hi, everyone. I'm Liz Wang, and I'm a third year student returning for uh, the BMS bachelor here. And um, yeah, nice to see you guys.
1: And Corey Branson.
5: Hi, everybody. I'm Corey Branson. I'm a recent UBC graduate now. Uh, re- yeah, <laughs> really excited to be back with the Sports Collective for this year, though. Uh, my main interests in sports are football, golf, and a little bit of track and field.
1: And then finally, Eric Thompson.
5: What it do, baby? <laughs> Yeah, that's that's all about it. That's all,
1: <laughs> all the introduction we need there. <laughs> okay, so this week's show will cover games dating back to August 13th, the last couple of weeks. But before we get to that, because we've been gone for a few months, there is some news from the rest of the summer that does deserve a quick mention. Who wants to start us off?
5: I can take this one, Jake. First recent news that we have from the summer Coming from UBC Swimmers, we always have good performances from them, and they had some monster performances over the summer. In July, Howley Fan won bronze in the men's 10-kilometer open water race at the FINA World Series swimming competition with a time of two hours, 46 minutes, and three seconds. That was only 6.5 seconds behind the winner.
1: <laughs> I mean, an almost three-hour race separated That's by six seconds. Yeah, That's yeah. pretty <laughs> insane.
2: 10K swimming. Yeah. I can't even imagine that. 10K high.
1: open water, so you got waves to deal with, too. Like It's, it's not a pool. <laughs>
5: Later that month at the World Championships, Emily Overholt was part of the Canadian women's 4x200 relay team that won bronze and set a new Canadian record, while Marcus Thormeyer set a new Canadian record in the men's 200-meter backstroke semifinal, though he couldn't match that time in the final and finished off the podium.
2: And four 2019 grads on the UBC Thunderbirds alumni list now. Uh, have signed professional contracts. Riley Gunther and Adam Rossignol uh, of the men's hockey team are going to be playing in Europe professionally, and as are Emily Costales and Celine Tardif. Uh, As well, star football quarterback, we know him well, Michael O'Connor, gave four great years to the UBC Thunderbirds program, won that national championship. He was selected 20th overall in the CFL draft by the Toronto Argonauts, the second-highest Canadian quarterback in the history of the CFL draft.
0: And finally, some sad news for us as women's volleyball star Kira Van Rijk has left UBC after two years to sign a professional contract with Vole Bergamo, one of the biggest teams in Italy. Yeah, very sad to see Van Rijk go after she uh, led the
1: Thunderbirds to the national championship last year. No,
2: it's, it's the choir style. Get yeah. in. Get, <laughs> in, get, in
1: chair. get out. Get out. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> Definition of going out on top you get you league go. MVP, tournament MVP, national championship and a great comeback. And now she's going to go make money playing volleyball. So good for her. And uh, we'll be seeing her playing for Team Canada for years to come. And now, after looking back on some of that summer news, it's time to focus on just the last couple of weeks and also look ahead to this coming year. And there's not much better way to start that off than with an interview, as a few days ago, Liz had the opportunity to sit down with women's soccer star Danielle Steer, who broke out in her sophomore season last year with 12 goals, which led all of Canada West, and 11 assists, which was second in the conference. She was the only player to finish top five in both. Here's what she had to say about her time at UBC to this point, and how she feels heading into this season.
4: Hi, everyone. This is Liz Wayne of CITR Sports, and sitting across from me, it's one of the stars of the UBC women's soccer team, third year forward, Danielle Steer. Thank you for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Hey, so uh, first question, um, why soccer, and uh, uh, what is the thing that got you into the sport?
6: I think what got me into the sport, first of all, I have two older sisters, and that was a really big mentorship for me. They were into sports, they were into soccer mostly, but other things like track and field, swimming. So I was around sports most of my life, and uh, soccer for me just kind of stuck.
4: Okay, I see. And uh, what was the recruitment process for UBC like? Um,
6: I think my recruitment process was a little different. I wasn't sure if university was the right fit for me, first of all. And um, we had a new coach coming into UBC, and I just happened to know Jesse Simons prior and that actually made it really, really helpful for me. Um, he was very guiding, and it was just nice to have a friendly face at UBC, and that kind of helped.
4: I see. And uh, given that you grew up in Surrey, and was it an easy decision to like stay pretty close to home? Is that one of the uh, reasons you come to UBC?
6: Absolutely. West Coast is really home for me.
4: Mm-hmm. And uh, you were a regular starter in your first season here and named the Canada West all-rookie team. And were there anything or, like, anyone in particular that helped you take the setup to university level and contribute right away?
6: Uh, as a player, just, like, on field? and Yes. Um, just seeing my sisters as well go through the process. Uh, I think I just had some big shoes to fill. And I knew, uh, I knew I had the opportunity and I knew I had to take something like that. And I think just having the right mindset going forward into the season, um, yeah.
4: Mm -hmm. And uh, was there anything on um, on or off the field that really took you by surprise?
6: I think coming to university and playing on a varsity team, the biggest surprise was that I was playing with girls who are five years older than me. And that made me feel really small. But being around a team, a really supportive and positive team, was a really, really nice change. And getting to know your teammates more than just friends, they're your family.
4: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and heading to 2018, uh, the team's two top scorers uh, in the previous season had both graduated. And how did you approach last season, knowing that you and the other teammates needed to step up and fill the hole they left?
6: Yeah, exactly. So they left quite a big hole. These are Mm -hmm. girls who were top in the country And so big shoes to fill require just, like, a lot of grit and determination there. And I knew that. My coaches knew that. And so there's everyone there surrounding me and supporting me to fill that. And, yeah.
4: Yeah. And um, for you, individually, you had a major increase in production. Um, you led a conference in goals, were second in assists, and only other other is uh, first or second-year player to finish top five in either category with your teammate, um, Michelle Jane. And how did you make that jump from um, more of a sporting player to a focal?
6: I think what increased a lot was my confidence on the field, Uh as you said I had some big shoes to fill and I felt like maybe that was my time to step mm-hmm. up that was my opportunity so confidence on the field is huge and your mentality just going forward as a goal scorer and as a focal point you have to have that
4: yeah and um um, unfortunately, this didn't end on a sour note for you guys in the West semifinals, and you were on the road to Calgary, and despite the Dinos receiving a red card early on, um, they put off a, t- a 2-1 win with a winner in the 87th minute. So what happened that match?
6: I think what a lot of times what happens in matches is you let it get to your head. You know, you start playing with emotions. You start uh, imploding, basically, and you're not talking to your team, you're not communicating. Things just aren't working out, so I think that was really our downfall. We were tired, and uh, yeah, definitely things to work on this season.
4: Yeah, and then after that match, um, how do you guys regroup as a team after?
6: Yeah, after the tough loss, we, we took some time off, obviously, and then came right back at it in the spring season. And I think just having a really good team atmosphere and being positive and always supportive going through like no matter the loss I think it's just a learning experience, and going forward, it's going to be a lot better.
4: Yeah, so now you're turning into third year, and look ahead to um, this season. Is there anything specific you are really work on to improve um, um, since this last year? Uh,
6: I think just going forward, you know, I did have a bit of a breakout year in my second year, so now, for me, that's my standard. I want to be better. I want to score more goals. I want to help my team win. Um, specifically, I would say for myself, I... I you know, I was up there in assists, but I think I, I want to score more goals. I'm a center forward, I'm a focal point, and that's my job, so I should be doing that. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, and uh, you just recently got back from a five-game preseason road trip of NCAA Division One schools. Purely in terms of wins and losses, it wasn't the best trip, and, but what effect do you think or hope it will have on the team?
6: Yeah, I'm a strong <laughs> believer that when you win, you stay the same, but when you lose, you learn. So yeah, we did, we lost, we tied. And But I think teams that are Division one teams down in the States, they really can show you your weaknesses. And then when you come back to the conference here, you really know what you need to work on.
4: Yeah, and what do you think is different about this year's team?
6: Um, as I've been saying the whole time, just like the at- team atmosphere, the positivity, the support, everyone's really bought into the program. You know, we want to win.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. And um, is there anything else you wanted to add before we wrap up?
6: Uh, Something that was just on my mind as an athlete and a student athlete. uh, Going forward, I think having the right mindset and the right mentality can be the difference between being good and then being that great player.
4: Yeah. Yeah, and thank you. And once again, this is Liz Wayne of CITR Sports speaking with Danielle Steer of the UBC women's soccer team. And thank you so much for coming on the show and good luck this season. Thank you very much. Thank you.
1: Thank you again to Danielle Steer for coming on the
5: show. And now it's time to take a look at men's basketball. Alrighty, so the start of the UBC men's basketball team's quest to improve on their fifth-place national finish last season is still a few months away, but the T-Birds did get a chance to return to the court for an exhibition match against CSU Bakersfield last Thursday. The runners were making the last stop on their Canadian tour giving a few U-sports teams the opportunity to take on an NCAA Div 1 squad. UBC held strong and actually sat on a seven-point lead entering the fourth, but Bakersfield clawed back in the final stanza and came away with a 94-88 victory. And Mason Bourassier, who was more of a supporting player for a lot of last year, he was the one that carried
1: UBC in this game. 26 points on an incredibly efficient 8-for-11 shooting, 2-of-2 two two from 3, 8-for-10 from the free-throw line. Maybe he'll be in line for a bigger role this coming season. Manrup Clare did what he does best and gun a lot of threes. He took 13 three-point attempts, uh, made five of them to make a solid percentage, 18 points for the game. Grant Odu, 16 points, and Brian Wallach managed to grab nine rebounds while taking more of the lincoln rosebush role i'm I, I want big things from you this year lincoln
5: <laughs> he had uh two minutes in the game zero <laughs> rebounds
1: that's my boy right there <laughs> uh, a little bit of a weird stat line
2: from uh shepherd in this one uh 10 boards but 18 points on two for five shooting thanks to uh 14 for 16 from the line um so i guess they didn't want him to shoot which yeah. i mean Clearly, that's a good plan. Bit, bit of hack a shepherd, but it didn't really work. It didn't pay off. He no. made all
1: his free throws, basically. Yeah,
4: yeah. and looking generally, the two teams say that even though through much of the contest, Ted at 16, after the first, and at 40s, at halftime, and the runners were able to put away at the end, however, uh, with a 15-3 to run in the fourth. And we will not see the men's basketball team later on until this term, but we will see them on October 4th when they play host to the Seattle Mountaineers.
3: Okay, uh, on to uh, men's soccer now. So after a very strong 2018-2019 campaign where UBC men's soccer cruised to a 13-1-2 conference record, claimed the Canada West title, and fell short in the U Sports semifinals, the Thunderbirds have picked up right where they left off with a perfect start to the season.
1: Yeah, they uh, warmed up with a couple uh preseason matches. They weren't super close. They beat... UNBC five nothing at home, and then they traveled to Bellingham to take on Whatcom Community College, which I'd never heard of before. <laughs> uh, a couple days ago, they beat them six to nothing. Maybe there's an argument to be made that's not the best tune-up to just go around smacking some teams around, but it worked <laughs> because they started the season uh, Canada West season last Friday with a two nothing win on the road over Fraser Valley.
2: Yeah, a little bit of. Style to start the season as well. Shimbusho victory Shimbuso, friend of the show, had a bicycle kick to score the first goal of the season, which is a I think a, I think a pretty good start. Yeah. Um, in the 59th. It's a good minute. omen. Yeah, I think so. And then Logan Chung added a second in the 80th for that two nothing victory.
1: Yeah, goalkeeper uh, Jason Roberts. He was pretty busy. Uh, six saves, managed to keep the shutout. And uh, midfielder Kerman Panu did not have an ideal season opener because he got a straight red card right at the end of the match for uh, violent conduct. It was oh. not a good tackle from him. <laughs> bit cynical. <laughs> bit bit. Uh, yeah, bit cynical <laughs> to say the least.
3: Okay, uh, the second match of the weekend was against rivals Trinity Western, and after the Spartans went up 2-1, the Thunderbirds stormed back to take a 3-2 win in their home opener.
1: Yeah, Sean Arneson opened the scoring for UBC in the 35th. Spartans equalized just three minutes later. And then with the Thunderbirds trailing late in the match, it was Mackenzie Cole and Ryan Arthur who scored the
5: second and third goals.
1: Both those were assisted by Jordan Haynes.
5: Yeah, this one was a really physical match as well. Total of 31 fouls called across both teams. 2010 World Cup final over here. <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: 31 fouls. No, no cards, no given.
5: reds, no yellows.
2: No. Wow. 31 very professional fouls. <laughs> professional fouls, I guess. So absolutely.
1: they kick them, they fall over, they'd help them right back up, hug it out, say sorry, and just keep going. Sportsmanship just unbelievable.
3: Sportsmanship. <laughs> Next up for UBC men's soccer is an away game in Kamloops against Thompson Rivers. The Thunderbirds are 11-2-1 all-time against TRU, but just 3-2-1 on the road. Uh, as for women's soccer, the women's team has not yet started Canada West play and are playing their last preseason match tonight against NCAA Division II side Western Washington. Dub-dub. They just came off a grueling five-game road trip in the States where they battled five NCAA Division One teams in just the span of a week.
1: That, that's a bit of a workload
3: right there. Five yeah. games
2: in one week. Yeah, a little bit. Well, I, I mean, it kind of showed in the, in the record, but we'll get to that. They then came uh, back
3: to BC, defeating the University of Victoria with a convincing 4-0 victory. The Thunderbirds will be hungry to get a winning streak started before their first Canada West tilt against Trinity Western on September the 6th.
2: Yeah, they only went 0-4-1 on the NCAA road trip. Again, it's it's Div 1 teams, so that's a little understandable. And three of those losses were only by a goal. They lost 3-2 to Seattle, 3-2 to Portland, and 2-1 to Oregon. They did kind of get crushed by OSU, but that's okay. And that
1: was also the last game of the five of games in one week. Of this five games in a week, yeah. <laughs> so which... you can you can excuse like uh, a one blowout loss there. I think so. I
2: think yeah. so against Div one teams too. I think I think it's a and this is what you were talking about with um, the the differences in uh, preseason opponents. Yeah. They
1: went and played teams that you know should be better than them and performed really well. Yes, yeah, so we'll see how that works. I guess when they start their conference play, uh, first year forward Vanessa Tome had a nice moment. She scored her first career goal for UBC in that loss to Portland. It's possible she, that she scored more, but we don't have any record, any box score, anything from three of the five matches. This will become a theme with preseason matches. <laughs> yeah, who, who knows what happened in uh, the Seattle match, the Oregon match, or the Oregon State match? Although we don't need to know much about that Oregon State match. Yeah, I think I'm
5: good. I think I'm good. You have all the information we need. Uh, Fourth-year forward Alyssa Hunt picked up the other goal against Portland, while goalkeeper Sarah Johns made five saves in the Thunderbirds 0-0 draw against Portland State the following day.
1: Yeah, but as was mentioned earlier, UBC came back. They played a Canada West team for the first time in the preseason. They beat UVic 4-0. Defender Sophia Damien scored twice. Hunt and then the reigning Canada West Rookie of the Year, Michelle Jang, grabbing the other goals.
2: Yeah, the Thunderbirds are going to start their conference play next Friday, and hopefully that offense can hit the ground running. Um, Four of the team's top point-getters from last season, uh, Daniel Steer, who you heard from earlier, uh, Jang Hunt and Amelia Crawford are all back for this season, so should uh, should be another good season for the Thunderbirds here. Um, in terms of women's field hockey, uh, their quest to reclaim the national field hockey championship from Uvic after the seven Pete came to an end <laughs> <laughs> they were not able they were not able
1: to eight Pete the ultimate dynasty the ultimate
2: yeah. dynasty is has fallen, but hopefully UBC can uh, reclaim that title from the fierce rivals of Uvic. Um, they got some hockey under their belt last week with a preseason tour in California. Again, no box scores for these games. It's preseason. It's (laughs) developmental. We don't need to know. That's okay. (laughs) What we do know is that they beat UC Davis and lost twice to Cal. Uh, They were all tight tight and low-scoring affairs between two pretty well-matched opponents. They lost 1-2 in their first game against Cal, beat UC Davis 2-0, and then lost 4-1 to Cal, which is a little bit more of a... Lopsided loss but again it's the the fact that they only let in four goals is is still good positively looks like they need to walk, work on their offense a little bit but honestly it's they're, they're looking good and it's div 1 teams again yeah. so they they're, they're going to be good they're always good they're always good <laughs> don't not super worried about the women's field hockey team this year yeah, yeah.
1: And then uh, also, very fun off-the-field note, uh, Margaret Pham of the women's field hockey team was recently named an Academic All-America Team Member of the Year as the number one academic All-American athlete among non-NCAA and NAIA programs. The reason she got that is because she has a 4.05 GPA while double majoring while playing women's field hockey. That is pretty incredible. (laughs)
2: Yeah, congratulations. Well, well deserved, I would say. Yeah, very
1: well deserved. Yeah. yeah. Uh, congratulations to you, Margaret. Uh,
2: women's rugby recently traveled across the pond for their preseason. Two matches in Northern Ireland, followed by another in Dublin. Uh, they started off not great with a 53-5 loss to Ulster, but they bounced back with a 60, 68-0 win over Carrickfergus and a 33-10 victory against Suttonians Rugby Football Club.
5: Yeah, this is actually the first time the women's rugby team has done an official preseason trip in a number of years. Uh, That's the work of second-year coach Dean Merton. He's clearly putting his stamp on the program already.
4: Yeah, and after that, Thunderbird will begin conference play next Friday with a home match against Calgary. Uh,
2: Nothing confirmed for you yet, but uh, you may be hearing from some players on this women's rugby team in the coming weeks, so look out for that.
1: When you were calling earlier that uh, a resurgent for the women's rugby team is on the horizon. Yeah, of course.
0: Uh, moving on to men's baseball, since the Thunderbirds 2018-2019 baseball season ended with a disappointing 8-0 loss to Middle Georgia State at the NI. NAIA championships. There's been plenty to talk about. Starting with some exciting news, congratulations to former ace Niall Windler, who's now a member of the Minnesota Twins organization, having been selected in the nineteenth round of the twenty nineteen MLB draft.
1: Yeah, awesome to see for him. And Niall, along with returning Thunderbird player Jackson Valk, was on the show back in April. You can listen to that episode in our archives if you haven't checked it out yet. And I forgot to mention when we we're doing the intro much earlier in the show that uh you can listen to our interview with Kira Van Reich as well. She's unfortunately uh, most likely not going to be on the show again <laughs> at some point. Yeah, we'll do a phone interview. It'll <laughs> <Yeah>. be fine. <laughs> moving <laughs> on. Work out the time difference okay. on uh, To bigger and better things. Like nine but we hours. had a very nice interview with her right at the end of last season that you can check out in our archives as well.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Windler, the 6'4 Southpaw from Toronto, Ontario, is the fifth Thunderbird who has been drafted since the 2015 16 season where Cro- Coach, Critch- Coach Chris Pritchett took over. Uh, say that five times fast. <laughs> After Mitch Robinson, Curtis Taylor, Alex Webb, and Bruce
1: Yari. Yeah, Windler, not the only player to depart from last year's squad. Uh, Zach Prisiak, Lichel, Hiraki Rakow, and Patrick Brink have all left as well.
0: Right. The Thunderbirds are looking to build on the 30-22 and 22 record they had last season. And while conference play is not until February, UBC hosted the first ever collegiate baseball classic tournament earlier this month with Sacramento State University, the
5: University of Tokyo, and Keio University from Japan all flying in to participate. Yeah, this was really momentous it was, as it was the first time Japanese university teams have competed on Canadian soil. And the tournament began with UBC facing off against Tokyo at Napoli Stadium. The Thunderbirds won 8-2 to off of back-to-back three-run innings in the fifth and sixth.
2: Yeah, despite the fact that this was an 8-2 uh, victory, they did throw a combined no-hitter. Uh, Garrett Hawkins threw up six innings and Barry Kane, Shane LaForest, and Brett Corbeth finished the job. Tokyo got their runs in the seventh inning after a few walks and
1: a Thunderbird error. Yeah, unfortunately, Thunderbirds did lose the next four games, didn't have the magic of Nat Bailey behind them, I guess. I think in, we should uh, just play was... all of
2: our games at the Nat, honestly. That'd be pretty cool. Be it would awesome. be pretty sick. wouldn't,
1: wouldn't be as c- convenient for the players just being able to walk onto the diamond from campus. This but. is true. <laughs> hey, we, we can make a work. And we, did,
2: and we did just build tourmaline, so maybe not.
1: <laughs> right. Maybe don't do that. Uh, Thunderbirds, they lost the next four games by a combined score of 23-9. to 9. Sacramento State were the big heavy hitters. They ended up going on to win the tournament they lit up ubc twice uh, 8-1 win and then a bit closer 9-5 win ko university took the only game they played against ubc with a 3-1 win and then tokyo in a rematch right at the end of the tournament snagged a very tight 3-2
0: win right stars of the 2018-2019 season jackson volk and nolan wieger drove the offense in the game that we did win and in particular they drove their offense overall in the entire tournament a two win, two hits, two runs, two RBI, and five at bats. Weiger, three hits, one run, four RBI, one base on balls, and five at bats. Yeah, both
1: players were stars of the team last year. Both batting in the high two hundreds, and both are going to be stars this coming year. Thankfully, they are both back. And Nico was kind enough to compile a bit of a scouting report, or at least a results report of some of the major players for the baseball team last year and what we can look forward to when the baseball season fully starts up later this year. So take it away, Nico.
0: Yeah, for sure. So just a couple of quick hits on the players. Catcher Noah Orr showed us his defensive mind, orchestrating that no-hitter from behind the plate and Nat Bailey. His offense is also looking steady as he slashed .248 for his batting average at .343 OBP and 700 OPS, over 157 at-bats last season. Jordan Dre, his stat line from last season would suggest that he is ready to continue to produce, particularly among the top three batting averages on the T Birds last season, with at least 150 at bats. Dre ranks first in slugging percentage with 494 and OPS 849. Austin Butler, Butler in 129 at bats, had an OBP of 363. His OBP ranks ahead of the likes of Dre with 355 Volk with 325, and Weeger with 360. If that number can stay consistent over more at bats, it will be a welcome boost to a team with a combined 238 batting average. And on to some Chuckers, Garrett Hawkins. So after Niall Windler, Hawkins sports a remarkable 3.62 ERA and a 1.03 whip over 77 innings pitched. Strong showing in game one of the Collegiate Baseball Classic, where he posted a quality start, six innings pitched, three strikeouts, and zero earned runs reminded us why he is a top pitcher for the ball club.
1: I mean, with Wendler gone, he will probably be leaned on to be the ace for the Thunderbirds now. And before we finish off our baseball section, even though the Thunderbirds were unable to win the tournament, there was a BC connection to the winners as Stephen Moretto of Sacramento State was on that winning team. Stephen, originally from Coquitlam, went to Notre Dame High School before heading down to Sacramento for his post-secondary education and his post-secondary athletics endeavors. Even if uh, UBC couldn't get the win, the next best thing would have been having a good homegrown athlete like Steven, take the win, which he was able to do so.
5: Yeah, next up for the UBC baseball team will be action on October 19th when they visit Oregon State to take on the Beavers. Next action for the rest of our Thunderbirds teams. We'll just run over the schedule quickly. Not too much happening as we are still mostly in preseason action. The women's soccer team does play Western Washington tonight right here in Vancouver. Uh, the men's ice hockey team has a series this weekend against Wins- Wisconsin. That That's is- a
1: big clash right there with some heavy-hitting Division One opposition. Yeah, no, that-
2: yeah, a lot of NHL prospects on that uh, Wisconsin team as well, including Cole Caulfield, who was one of my favorite prospects in the draft until he got drafted by Montreal, and now I have to hate him, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> but I am excited to see him in action. He's a really good hockey player, and he slid in the draft too. He did slide, yeah, yeah not quite as far as. Um, I would
1: have hoped, but that's okay. It's just unfortunate how you now automatically have to hate all players for teams that you hate. Yeah, it's really unfortunate.
5: Well, regardless (laughs) of Eric's disposition, we're excited for the Thunderbirds (laughs) to get the chance to play Wisconsin. Otherwise, uh, the men's soccer team will be playing Thompson Rivers this weekend. And the big match is, of course, football coming back on Saturday. They are playing Regina. Season uh, opener. Season opener. That's the residence game. Free entry for all UBC residents.
1: Come on up. And then uh, also on Sunday, men's soccer plays our sister school UBC Okanagan uh, in Kelowna. So UBC men's soccer starting with four straight road games. Or actually, no, the Trinity Western was home game. So three road games and then one home game is start cancer, of the season. Is that
2: considered a derby? UBC derby?
1: I mean, we okay. usually beat the crap out of them in all sports. So <laughs> yeah, I'm not so sure it's, if it like, counts. it's like it's like Liverpool Everton. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> Says the <a> Liverpool fan. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, And then uh, there is a second game against Wisconsin for men's ice hockey on Sunday as well. So with that, thank you for tuning in to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9, the first of many Thunderbird Eyes for the 2019-2020 school year. Besides listening to the show, the best way to keep up to date with UBC Thunderbirds news, standings, and stories is to follow us on Twitter and Facebook at CITR Sports. Next up on CITR is the Arts Report. For Thunderbird Eye, this has been Jake, Liz, Eric, Corey, Nico, and Ben with contributions from our fearless leader, Jacob Bear, who will be back in the booth next week. Thanks again to Danielle Steer for coming on the show. Thank you for listening and have a wonderful day.